Well, thank you, Josh. Man, that was that was amazing. Uh, I like to think you you did that one for me. I, I kind of like an old school hymn every every now and then, so I really appreciate that. You do ask for one every week, actually. Yeah, I do. And, and since then, that we're up here, I kind of asked for one, and I got one. So that was kind of <laughs> that was kind of nice. Um, Everybody, thank you for, for being here tonight. You know, out of your busy schedule, you chose to be here. And thank you to those who are online watching us uh, tonight. Uh, my name's Eddie. I am an elder here. That's just another good name for a pastor or a shepherd that shepherds the church. I just do a little bit of everything that's needed here, and, and I love it. And my name's Renee. I'm Eddie's wife, and I'm a deacon here. And that's a fancy way of saying I'm committed to serve you in whatever capacity I can and whatever margin we can figure out together. And, and over the past uh, few months, we've been really diving into First Timothy, and it's been amazing. And Danny's been opening up Scripture in such an amazing way and been loving it uh, every week. But this week, every so often during the year, we kind of take a break and, and we have a series called We Are the Church. And that's what we're going to do a little bit tonight. We're going to change gears a little bit and just talk about something a little bit different. Yep. And you guys have been hearing from people and will be hearing from more people talking about di- different biblical um, concepts, biblical health, uh, discipleship, living on mission. I know we just had that a long while, a little while ago. And we're speaking tonight on biblical community. Yeah, it's really important. So I got, this is the original iPad. So I know Danny has his iPad up here. This is, the, we, we have the original one. And so, yeah, so that if you see us kind of flipping around, I, I'm worried about bringing one up here because one, one thing, I don't know how to work it very well. And, uh, and I'll probably go out and I'll forget everything. Scroll I'll, too I'll, far. I'll scroll too far, forget everything I want to say. But uh, uh, my wife and I, Renee, we, we have really, we've been journeying with Christ for 25 plus years. Are you 27 bit, for 20, me. 27 mm-hmm. for you, a little bit longer than me. It took me a little bit longer to, to, to follow along. But uh, in, in, our, in our journey, in our walk with Christ, th- there was one thing, there was no doubt that we couldn't do without, and that it's where we are today. And it's the importance of the Christian community that's impacted our lives. And that's what we want to share with you tonight and, uh, and, 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 and encourage you with. So we're going to kind of focus on a question tonight. So the question that we have to ask is who is before us, who is beside us, and who are we bringing with us? Mm. Yeah, so we're, we're going to be making you repeat that. Hopefully by the end of the night, if you remember one, th- three things. So one thing, three. three with, with, <laughs> one with, sentence, One three sentence things. with three things. Hopefully you will remember that. But uh, the need for community really impacts us and empowers us in many ways. And there's, before we get going, just kind of give you the, the cliff note answers right now. Just kind of four ways where I feel like it really hits home to us. And the first one is that we, we need community for our own personal growth. You know, as Christians, we could grow some without the community, but man, to become mature in Christ and to grow in Christ, we, we can't live without it. It just, it just can't happen. Yeah, and both of us became believers as adults. And so a big part of that for us and a big part of introduction to biblical community was actually changing our worldview. So from a secular worldview and what the world says to understanding a biblical worldview and what the Bible says. And we each had different people pour into us. Eddie had a guy about his age, another athlete, a chaplain pouring into him. We actually had a friend who's a mutual friend who would call us out on things directly. And I personally had an older 
a woman who the very first Bible study I ever went to, ever sat in, and at the end of the first night, she looked at me and said, wow, you're a hot mess. (laughs) And I was kind of like, well, I know that, but why do you know that? Um, And it it was just great to know she could actually speak truth into my life and say, I know how we can get you back on track. I know where the truth is and where you should go for these answers. You were hot? Wow. I didn't know that. That changes everything now. No, it doesn't. Secondly, community comes beside us in in our personal life. Um, And I've seen that here at this community so, so much, especially the seven years we've been in here and and especially the last two or three years, especially when hard times hit, uh, when care is needed, uh, the body of Christ shows up and and boy and boy i've really seen this especially during the COVID times for those few years and then during the hurricane and and just transitions that uh that you go through and that we go through it's it's just amazing to see how everybody steps up yeah for sure and thirdly we have that's my scrolling that's your scrolling right there The Christian community keeps us on the Great Commission. In Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus is, is talking to his disciples. He, say, he says them to go and, and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and, and teach them all these things until the end. And, and so not only is he telling that to the disciples who are with them, that, that applies to us as well. So that we need the community if we're going to keep on carrying out that Great Commission. And, third, and fourthly, the community is a gift. I really believe it's a gift that's really given from God. Uh, it, is, it is not good for us to be alone. It is, good, it is good for us to be in community. And we see that even in Scripture. You know, at the beginning in Genesis, God says it's not good for man to be alone. And, and obviously, I think if God made woman first, you know, it'd probably be different because women are more self-sufficient than men, aren't they? No. no? <laughs> we need community, too. Oh, okay. We need, okay. So, uh, so uh, it would still been the same. So, but the point is, we see that throughout Scripture. We even see it at the end in Revelation when the multitudes gather together at the throne of Christ. We're going to see the multitudes come together. We see that community. Um, so this, we need community it's a gift from God, and it's, and it's a place where it can help us grow and, and exhibit the grace and to practice not only grace with each other, but really for the world to see and for the world to want. Absolutely. I think that's a really key feature of what biblical community does. It gives us a safe place to work through issues together, to work on communication, to work on restoration and showing grace to each other because you guys are going out into the rest of the world and there are some places that are highly combative, highly self-focused, highly competitive and being able to bring some hope and grace into those situations and good communication and restoration skills, that's really being able to be Christ to the world. Yeah, and, and Renee and I have seen this play out in our lives. And before I came here, I've been we've been here at the WW campus for about seven years. And in my past life, my prior work, uh, I, you know, we had the baseball playoffs going on. Now I was a major league baseball player for for eleven years. And and so so when I was playing baseball, I could see this idea of what a Christian community is in context to the people I was living life with on the baseball field each and every day. 
And in my playing days, it kind of consisted of, of three types of people. It, it consisted of the coaches who, who were over us, uh, the contemporaries, the players I played with who, who played with beside me, and the call-ups, you know, who are trying to replace me. Um, <laughs> so really, to be honest, that, that was really the, the type of people I was living life with. But let me explain how they, they all these kind of types of people fit into my life and my Christian life, and, and it applies to us as well. And I, th- I think it speaks to us well today. And, and the first one was the coaches. You know, the, the, these were the people who had really, they'd gone before me on the ball field. They're in charge of, of teaching us, you know, correcting us, encouraging us, some yelling at us, you know, <laughs> and, and to play the game of baseball. And, and to be honest, I didn't really think I needed them at first. I don't, I don't know about you. When I, when I made the big leagues, I was a young guy. I was 22 years old. I you know, went through the minor leagues doing pretty well. I got to the big leagues, and, and I see these, these older guys there in, in the uniform. And a little side note, no, I don't know if people know that in baseball, the coaches, the managers are the only coaches in professional sports that wear a uniform just like the players. So that's a little trivia. It's not Disney trivia, but it's baseball trivia. Baseball trivia. trivia. So um, just a little side note. But, um, you know, I had these, I had these coaches who were, who were above me and trying to tell me what to do. And I was like, well, what did these guys know? And this was before, obviously before the Internet, so I couldn't Google them and see how <laughs> awesome they were. And, you know, they, they had the right to speak into me. But, you know, it, re- it really took me when I, when I was in the big leagues. I was 0 for 23 before I got my first big, big hit. So I, was, I, was, I had 23 at-bats. I haven't got a hit. So I'm really struggling. That's bad, by the way. Yeah, that's pretty that's that's bad. really bad. That's bad. And, and so I figured, I said, you know what? I better talk to one of those guys. You know, I, I think they know. They're here for a reason. And I, I should talk to them. And so obviously I learned to, to utilize the coaches who went before me and things like that. And spiritually, Renee was talking about, you know, when I came to Christ in the big leagues, um, the chaplain on my team, he, he was a chaplain when I was with the Reds, and he used to play for the Cincinnati Bengals at the time. And so I was a catcher, and I was a pretty big guy for a catcher. And this guy was six foot six, 310 pounds, and he made me look tiny. And, but he was my chaplain, but he was the one I grab onto and just like, you know what? I, I have a lot of questions about this Bible. Well, I don't know about this or about that. And also, too, just like where you are at work, man, the pre- how do I deal with the pressures? Mm-hmm of playing on TV all the time, the pressures of not only getting to the big leagues, but staying in the big leagues. I have all these anxieties and fears, but I also have all these hopes. How to how do I trust God in all those areas? Yeah, and for Eddie, it was very obvious who his coaches were, right? For me, as a woman who'd come to this country, I'm from Canada, I just immigrated here, newly married, traded, moving lots of times, and trying to find who are those coaches for me, I really had to kind of look at phase of life and my needs, right? So I needed someone who'd walked before me in the game of baseball to explain, this is how you pack when you're going to move 28 times in the next 10 years. This is, um, you know, you're a young wife. You need a woman who's been married a little bit longer to talk to, to talk about, okay, well, how do we do this? How do we resolve these conflicts and bring these things together? I needed a mom when I became a mom that was ahead of me who had kids that have grown up a little 
little bit and I could talk to her about all those kind of things. But I was the one that had to find those people. I had to go and look for them, identify my needs, and then start going deeper and asking questions and asking to be involved in people's lives. Um, spiritually more mature women as well. Now that's sometimes one of my my closest friends, Lisa, I'd say is more of a contemporary to me, but spiritually much more mature than me. And so asking those people to be involved in our lives. So really for you guys, that's what you might have to do. You might have somebody that you can identify right now, like this is totally that coach role. That's the right person, you know, the right person important to me, biblically, spiritually, maturity wise, um, even in a work environment. But you might have to go start asking people, inviting people into your life. The the mom figure in my life that I I would just call her and say, can I come over and have coffee? Do you want to come to my house and co- have coffee? Can we meet up and have coffee? I would just call her almost every day until she'd say, yeah, there's an opening on my schedule. So it might be a little awkward or uncomfortable to begin, but as you start in, inviting yourself into people's lives, even if they're busy, usually they'll say, yeah, come along. Let me put my arm around you. And then you begin developing that relationship. Yeah, that, that's good, Renee. And uh, second, we, we, had, we had the coaches, and the next one is the contemporaries. Beside me were the teammates I was with more than my family during the year. I mean, eight months out of the season is, is eight months long, and you know, I'm basically with my family you know, four hours out of the day. The rest of the time, I, I'm, I'm with my teammates at the ballpark. And, 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 and with that, the, our contemporaries, the, my teammates, we play for a common cause and a goal. You know, we all went through the ups and downs. Of, of a long baseball season, we all celebrated when we did well, and, and we, we all hurt. You know, we, we the team hurts. We all hurt together. Um, but this community in baseball is one that was was going through together, and, and we knew each other really, really well. I mean, because you know, I played on some baseball teams. We lost over a hundred games, and, and that's really no fun to go to the park every day. And uh, and I needed those 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 teammates, you know, to remind me, hey, what. What are we playing for? You know, why, why are you here? There's a purpose why you're here. And we, we also, you know, when things went well, I've been on teams that their playoffs are going on right now. I've, in 1995, when I was with the Reds, we, we lost to the Braves to go to the World Series. The Braves won the World Series that year, and we, we lost to them to, to go to the World Series. But, uh, um, but I did hit 500 in the at playoffs, and, uh, and I, I did my part. So, yeah, I only had two at-bats, so it's okay. I was, well, I was one for two. All the coach had to do was play me more, hopefully, and uh, that maybe would maybe would have changed. But uh, uh, but th- the point is, that was such an amazing experience, and, and and things like that. And and this is what athletes miss most. We talk about the things that we did, but when you talk to somebody who's who's played a sport, they say, "No man, I miss." the community. I miss the locker room. I miss those little things, those relationships that we had. And, and, and that's, and that's what, you know, we, we, we want here, you know, this, this community, you know, we're here for a common cause, you know, that, that for Christ to work in us, to live for Christ. And so we live life together through the ups and the downs, through the good and the bad. Yeah, and during the time that Eddie played baseball, we had lots of friends that came and went, you know, that got traded, got injured, signed a different contract, maybe retired. And so we had to remember that 
There are people all over the country now who we know that we've been walking alongside with who have the same faith as we do and that we can go and find them in those areas. And that's a reminder to you guys. People come and go at Disney all the time. Mm -hmm. You may be here for a short period of time. You may be here for a long period of time. But God has scattered the church all over the world. If you choose to go deeper, you choose to have those uncomfortable conversations sometimes, share a little of your faith, you will find people. Um, James 1.1 talks about that. You're not alone. You just need to go deeper by talking to the people beside you and opening up to that, being vulnerable to that. Yeah, that's a great passage, James 1.1, where James says to all those, to those who are scattered abroad. And so that should give you confidence to know, you know what, wherever I go, God knows what's going. He knows what he's doing in your life. But you know what, if he moves you somewhere else, just, just be calm that God's got someone there ready for you and a community ready to, to pour into you to be a part of. So that, that is a really good, encouraging thing to know. And the building community is what this WW campus is working to accomplish. Uh, people to live life through with all seasons of life. And we do this in so many ways. Some of you are single. Uh, some of you are, are CPs and here for a short time. Some are career, been career Disney people. Uh, we have some that are engaged and, and married couples and, and a and growing number of little kiddos that have come, come about in, in our community, which is awesome to, to see. But uh, community is, really, is for all people in all phases of life. And this WW campus intentionally puts on events every week that's something to build that community. And we talk about it from upstage at the end every week. Yeah, and we really do want you to, to have a mission mindset yourselves that the community things are for everyone and inviting everyone just because somebody might say, you know, well, I have kids or I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Don't stop inviting them. When I was um, a young baseball wife, before I was a believer, actually, there was a, a, a girl that I'm still very good friends with, Deborah Hernandez, and she invited me every single week to Bible mm-hmm. study. And I had no clue what she was talking about and would kind of say, uh, no. And now we're still very good friends because we're both believers. She saw me years later. And I just said, you know, it was really something different about you inviting me. You were never negative about it. You were always positive about it. You always came and asked, even though you knew I was going to say no, she never stopped. And so that was kind of a lesson for me becoming a believer. I had to look around at the people around me and go, okay, well, how can I invite them into things? Um, What are the opportunities that I can show them Christ without maybe necessarily opening up the Bible? One of the things we did did in Cincinnati, we didn't have a kid's room. We didn't like we're developing the kid's program here. We didn't have that in Cincinnati either. And so I had to go and talk to the head office and the GM of the team and get the permission and set it all up. But I thought, gosh, if I could provide a way for these women to have a little bit of rest and some Christian babysitters that can influence their kids a little bit, you know, this would be a good opportunity. And years later, girls were saying in the new stadium that they built that wives room with all of that in mind, all of that effort in mind. And so it came back around, but it really was a good opportunity to then be able to sit in the stands next to a girl without their three kids and just have a deeper conversation there. So looking for opportunities, um, Bible studies, of course, inviting people, mm-hmm. but outings just, you know, I'm going to go out to the art museum. Do you want to come? I'm going to go get groceries. Do you want to come? I'm going to go to Chick you want to come? Just inviting people along. Not today. Not today. No. Of course not today. <laughs> it's the Lord's chicken, Eddie. They don't serve that on Sunday. So, um, but any other day you could take them to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> 
Also, when uh, friends got traded or we got traded, working on those long-distance relationships, right? You don't have to talk to somebody every day to stay friends with them. Whenever they come to mind, send them a text. If you're praying for them, let them know. Just little things. You'll be surprised if you do that, how often someone will either text you back or call you back and say, how did you know I was struggling right now? I really needed to hear that. And so just being intentional with what you did. And then post-baseball, whole new thing. Mm. Now I don't have my 25 girls that I get to pick from. I got to go make friendships on my own. So going out and finding a church to go to, finding a women's Bible study, doing it all again. Yeah, it, it was a lot harder for you than it is yeah. for me. And uh, Oh, and I'm still talking. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, Tying are. it into you. Yeah. Um, the importance of doing that, obviously, here at the Disney campus is to make sure that people know that they're involved. All different types of people can be involved. And there aren't any Lone Ranger Christians, and I know that's an old reference, so I was thinking Disney. Moana took the chicken, okay? <laughs> she wasn't alone. Okay, so you can't do it alone. You got to have people come alongside you. And so sometimes you're building into contemporaries and sometimes you're gathering your contemporaries up next to you to come on that journey with you. So in those things that might be a little uncomfortable, you have someone beside you to do that. That's a good Disney reference. I didn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have you have no idea probably what no, I'm talking I don't. about. But it's okay. I trust you. Um, and I trust them. No, no one said anything different. Yes. And so, yeah. So I think that was canon then. So that was good. <laughs> so that was good. So and also in baseball, there's always someone who's working hard, not only to be at the level you're at, but to, to take your place if possible. The, these are the call-ups. Um, these are the ones who get their chance to show what they've got. And for those veterans who are secure in who they are, to take them under their wing and they, they they say you know it's hard to get to the big leagues which it which it is but it, it really is harder to stay you know once you because you think about it once you get to the, the highest level there is there's a whole system underneath of, of guys they draft every year and teams that they're trying to not only come up and take your job they're trying to push you out so you know for for a long time you have to learn to 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 be good at your job and and for for you to stay there but also too to be secure enough when, when those people come up is to take them under your wing to show them, hey, you know what, Here, here's what to expect up here. You know, it's, gonna, it's high intensity, the, 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 the pressure. Here's what I did. You know, and there was, when I came up, there was people who took me under their wing. They took me out for lunches, uh, maybe bought me my first suit to, to wear on the plane, uh, little things like that. So, and, and really sitting, standing in the outfield during batting practice, during the game when I'm not playing, just talking baseball. You know, when things come up in situations, just talking about things. And also really talking about life. How does it impact your family? How do you get through these things? And, and so, um, so those, those are the people we bring with us. So we come alongside them to teach them and take care of them to what's ahead. And we, I want to do that here. So I try my best with, with the men I hang out with. Is, is real, To be honest, I'm, I'm trying to replace myself in a lot of ways. You know, bring them up, you know, because... You know, baseball has a shelf life. You know what? You know, I'm not going to be here forever. You know, I'm, I am one of one of the oldest people here. Uh, I think. I think. Um, I think. I'm like uh, looking around, you I, might I, I be. Think, the I oldest think I am, but which is good and, and love it. That's why God has called Renee and I to come here. Um, but as we mature in Christ and allow others to pour into us who have gone before us, like the coaches. Uh, it's our turn to grab that next person to come along beside us and to bring us with on this great 
great journey. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the closest friendships that we had, like long-term, were those call-ups, right? The people mm-hmm. that you said, come beside, come along with me, come beside me, let me show you. We even had people live at our yeah. house at different times, and we, we do that now as well. Um, Danny and Allie lived with us for a year when they were trying to figure out what's going on and, and what direction they wanted to go. And so just being open to those new relationships, not knowing exactly you know how long they're going to last, but knowing, hey, here's an opportunity for me. Um, And so as we're talking about this, I'm talking about a lot of things you have to go do. I'm guessing that sometimes you guys are thinking, or some of you are thinking, I don't really feel that confident in doing that. Or maybe my life is just super busy right now and I'm not sure how, or I don't even know if I could do that. I'm not equipped to do that, right? And so what I want you to think is it's not such a big thing. It's just one step at a time. Mm -hmm. It's just one day at a time, one week at a time, one spot on your calendar. You know, sometimes I can only meet with with a girl once a month. And I just tell myself, that's okay. That's what I have. I would love to meet with her every day, but I can only meet with her once a month. And so that's okay. Being realistic about your expectations, your time, what you can manage, but also not using that as an excuse. I think it's really easy to use that as as an excuse. Um, Also ask about something that would be good to go through with someone, like just a Bible study, a podcast, um, a book, a devotional. What would be good for me to go go through with this person? Get Get to know them a little bit and then choose to be more intentional with your time. Sometimes it's just social. Today, I have a group that meets on Sunday, and it was all social today. And it was super fun, and we celebrated each other and had a lot of fun laughing and talking. But we do want to go deeper in those times as well. So that, again, that intentionality. Hey, there's a resource you're not sure what to do, please come ask us. Ask a blue shirt. Ask any of the leaders here. They would be happy to point or you in Or if you're direction. overwhelmed because there's a million resources, because there really are, again, ask somebody. Because then you'll know, like, if you ask me and I recommend something, you can come to me in a couple of weeks and say, hey, I'm a little confused about this because yeah. I've walked through it already. So, again, just one step ahead. So the big takeaway we'd love for you to take away from this, we need to find those who have gone before us and help us navigate through life like the coaches. Then we need to find that group to live life beside us in every phase of life and in every circumstances. And finally, we need to have, have to find someone to bring with us because of all that has happened in those first two areas. And, and when, you, when you have somebody come before you mentoring you and you're living life with somebody, you know what? Then it's going to become, it's just start to come natural that you're going to want to find somebody to bring alongside you to take with you on that journey too, because of what is already happening yeah. in, in your life. But, but now, you know what? You're like, Mr. Eddie, you know, I like that. It's pretty good. But uh, <laughs> Mr. Eddie, Mr. I like Eddie, it. Sometimes <laughs> Mr. Eddie, you know, I'm trying to be polite. Yeah. You know, do, you know, you know, do I actually had to live in a community. I mean, godly, I, I, I could sit at home in my pajamas online mm. all the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, there, I can have a community like there too. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I really think, I think we need to. I, and what we do, Renee and I, we're just going to share just a few scripture verses from the Bible where, I, where it feels like that God it does really call us to be in community. Yeah, I would say first, as Jesus tells us to love God and love others, you come in here, it says right there, love God, love people, mm. serve the world, Right. So that comes from Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven through 40, where it says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So pour into yourself, let others pour into you, and then pass that on. Yeah, loving God and loving others. That mm-hmm. does sound like community. 
Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says, And let us consider how to stir up one another in love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, but encouraging one another as, as you see the day drawing near. So what we see here, that we need to be very intentional with each other in loving and doing good works. And it talks about this idea of let us consider which means to think intentionally, to be very considerate and think intentionally of how to stir one another up, to stir, to, to move somebody in the right direction in a positive way. And so we need to do that in our, in our community. So the best way to do that is what? Yeah, I love getting a text down and I need an encouraging text. But no, nothing is better than that face-to-face time with, the, with that person one-on-one or yeah. with a group. Um, Galatians 6, 2, it says, you know, Paul says to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. We are to take up the hardships uh, of others. And, and I living life in the community, boy, each one of us is going to hardships. We have, you have, we know, we know a lot of the stories and this idea of bearing is to take on something that is unpleasant or difficult. And it says to do this to one another, to so fulfill the law of Christ. So what, what is the law of Christ? What's great about it, if you just kind of go back a, a chapter in, in Galatians 5, 17, says, Paul says, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So when we're bearing one another's burdens, we're filling, the fulfill the law of Christ is filling the law of love. We are loving one another intentionally. Yeah, I like that. Um, Acts um, 2.42, it starts there. It states, believers were faithful, so they were known for their faithfulness in coming together in fellowship. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, it says, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, the prayers. That's what we do in these community events, in the Bible studies, things like that. We come together, we listen to good teaching, we get together and, and talk, we break bread together at community dinner nights, and then we have prayer times and prayer nights. And so doing that, and what it says comes after that in 43, and awe came on every soul, many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. That's the way we want to live. Mm. What a great thing to, to be in awe of God together as a community. That, that does impact you. I mean, I just think about the, the music we just sang. And, and even up here, when Danny teaches, I get that same sense of awe. Oh, and so it, it's a great feeling. Uh, I'm going to re- read you what Jesus says in Matthew 5, 14 through 16 as we end up. He says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. The community, our community, the Christian community is called to be different. We are to be a light for others to see. And the result is for the others to see how God is working in our lives and giving glory to the God who's working in us, knowing that it's God is doing the work and not from our own. And I want you, lastly, I want you to remember, by any stretch, this is not, we're not perfect. This is not a perfect church. Oh. I'm not perfect, and you're a hot mess, you just said. I'm a hot mess. So <laughs> you, are not, you are not perfect. But what, hey, what we are is kind of like the major leagues was to the minor leagues, if I want to make that kind of analogy. Um, when I was in the major leagues, there was a lot of guys in the minor leagues, you know what, 
who maybe be a better catcher or can hit well, run faster, throw even better. But, but what the, only, the difference is that from a major leaguer and a minor league player, you know what? Minor leaguers get in slumps and major leaguers, we get in slumps too. We struggle and we get in slumps. But and when we're in the major leagues, we just know how to get out of them quicker. Does that make sense? You know, when we get a slump in the big leagues, we know who to go to, the coach who's our hitting coach, our fielding coach to help us get back on track. And we know the things we have to do or where to go to make those adjustments. And that's what it is to be like for us in the Christian community. Not a perfect one, but when we mess up, we, we should know where to go and who to go to, don't we? We, we should know the community to come around us, to be with us, to live life with us, uh, to go mainly to go to the feet of Jesus every single day and, and, give, and surrender to him. And, and, and so we just, when we mess up, we just kind of know how to get out of it quicker. And in this way, this is how we are to be a light and different to others. Yeah. Um, So what we should do, obviously, is be intentional. We've talked about that a lot. Uh, Where we go for help, we've got to know what Scripture says. So if you don't know, get that person in front of you who's gone before you to pour into you so that you know what Scripture says so that you can then answer to others and point them to the truth and to the light. Um, But most of all, we have to remember always that we have a God who has not left us alone. He has given us his son, Jesus. He has given us the Holy Spirit. He is continually doing work in us. And community is a part of that refining work. Being in community is a part of that. First, uh, Philippians 1 6 says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. And it's God who initiates it. Yep. And it's God who completes it and finishes it. And we get to be a part of that. What a, what a great thing it is for us. And so, the end, will you continue to allow the community around you to work in you? And when you ask yourself those three things, who is before us, who is beside us, and who are we bringing with us? So, takeaway is find your place within that community and to be a part of God's work in your life and others. Because there is no better place to be. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I I thank you for tonight. And I thank you for community. I I thank you for everyone here. As I look around and I see lives that uh, have been changed by you, that's impacted our lives, that you've used to impact us and you've used us to impact them. And uh, there's people out there who are, who are thinking, man, I want that community. I need that community. We're here for you. Just, uh, I pray that the spirit works in you. Just, uh, if you feel that, that tingling in your heart, that, that kind of nervousness, that maybe that's a spirit saying, I need to go talk to that person and kind of find out more where I can fit in, in that community. Cause there's no better place to be. That's where God does his best work when he uses us for his glory. I pray that in Jesus name. Amen.